word may be a blessing to us as we come before the Lord one more time in prayer. Our Father, for Jesus' sake, we're asking that your word may serve us well as we serve you, that we may respond to it as we ought in our profession, our praise, our prayers, our practice, Lord, in what we believe and what we do and what we pray. Our focus in all of these things might be on the triune God. Your Spirit so work in us to that end, dear Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to take a moment to read from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And this morning, we're resuming our look at the Heidelberg Catechism. We're at Lord's Day 8. It gets very basic about what it is that we believe about God and what we believe about God in terms of Him bringing gospel to our lives. We bring misery by way of our sin. God brings salvation. He brings gospel. He takes away the bad news by giving us good news. Uh, as only he can, and we trust him for that, God in three persons. And so we're getting very elementary in a sense, and yet at the very same time very profound as we consider that we believe not just in any God, but we believe in God, God that is the Trinity, God, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We hear about these persons in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, and then we'll look at Lord's Day 8 out of the Heidelberg Catechism also. So we pick up the Word of God from Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ May dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we've taken a look at a portion of God's Word. We want to respond to it a moment. We look at Lord's Day 8. This is on page 15 in the back of the Blue Hymnals, questions 24 and 25 where we have these questions asked and answered. Question 24, how are these articles divided into three parts? We're talking about the articles that we profess about out of the Apostles' Creed. God the Father in our creation, God the Son in our deliverance, God the Holy Spirit in our sanctification. Question 25 asks, since there is but one God, why do you speak of three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Because 
That is how God has revealed himself in his word. These three distinct persons are one true eternal God. So we thank the Lord again for the truths of his word and glad that we could pray that they may be a blessing to us this day. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes when our focus is placed where it should not be, it can cause us trouble. It can keep us from moving ahead. It can keep us from accomplishing what we need to do. Maybe I dwell on that too often, but I think oftentimes in the athletic realm that you'll notice sometimes, it doesn't matter whether you're a young person or you're a professional athlete, you'll find people who are running before they catch. Right? Sometimes in the athletic realm, that, it, that people are, are too quick to run before they have the ball in their hands. They're thinking ahead. They're getting ahead of themselves. And instead of looking the ball into their hands and focusing on the ball before they run, they try to run before they get the ball. And they drop the ball. And they're running for nothing. Their focus isn't where it should have been. And when it comes to the focus that we are to have in the faith, the same thing can be said. We don't have our focus where it belongs, then nothing else really matters. Anything else that we do is for nothing. People can seek to use religion with the wrong kind of focus. And they make use of it for all sorts of reasons. But if the primary focus of religion is not found in the triune God, those other reasons don't really matter at all. This morning, we reflect on the Trinitarian focus of the Christian faith. It's our calling to find that to be our faith. A focus on God in three persons, revealed to us in his word. If that's not where our focus is, nothing else matters. And so we want to take a moment to consider two rather, in some ways, simple points, and on the other hand, very profound points. We first reflect on, on God in three persons. Now, whether it is our profession, our prayers, or our lives, or our practice, if you want to keep using P's, the proper focus is essential. Unless our focus is on the right God, then our prayers and our lives, whether you believe it or not, whether people believe that or not, our prayers and our lives will mean very little. Our passage that we just read is prayerfully transitioning us in Ephesians between what we might call doctrine and life, or what we might call what it is that we're to believe, and how that belief is supposed to have an impact on what we do in that faith. It transitions us from a position that early on in Ephesians stresses the grace of the triune God 
And then it transitions from there to that, how that grace has its impact on daily living in the church of Jesus Christ. But in the middle of all that, there is this, this prayer as this kind of transitioning point. Between understanding who this God is and what he's done, which we read earlier in our assurance of pardon, by grace you have been saved, through faith, and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Between understanding who that God is and what he's done, and then the everyday life, where we're supposed to take what we've heard about that, where, to which we've been called in Christ, between those two things, between what God has done for us and what God is calling us to do in light of his grace, is this prayer. It's the prayer that is to be just as much Trinitarian as the doctrines of grace are and the calling to live for the Lord are. We hear of God in three persons in this prayer just as we hear of God in three persons in the two sections surrounding this transition point that speak about what we're to believe and how we ought to live. The very one who has shown forth his grace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in all their splendor that we hear about so much in Ephesians 1 and 2, and the one for whom we are to live in light of that grace in chapters 4 through 6, is the one to whom we turn with our prayers in chapter 3. Particularly to the Father, but as you read through that passage, not leaving out the Son nor the Spirit. And if you're reading through that letter of Ephesians then, one of the things that you can gain from that is that whether you're professing this God, you're praying to this God, or you're practicing your faith and you're living out your faith, to this God, it is the same God, it is the God in three persons. It is the Trinity that is to be our focus, and that's where your focus is to be, and that's where my focus is to be, isn't it? But it's easy, whether in prayer or profession or practice, to focus somewhere else. And that's where we get in trouble because we try to run without first focusing on the catch. We know that from the Lord's Prayer, don't we? That our God is to be the focus of our prayer because God is to be the focus of our profession, out of our praise, of our practice. But it's tempting to focus on ourselves instead of the Trinitarian God. It's tempting to not be humble and to boast and to make ourselves the center of the universe rather than the Trinitarian God, we can be tempted to think that somehow we're the reason that God bestows his riches upon us. In fact, that's why he's there. Because in some form or another, we've earned it. God is there for us. 
And that is, that's not an unusual mentality, not just in the world, but in, in modern, in, in the modern church. We're tempted to make our cause, our name, our success, the focus of our prayers. That's why we're praying. I'm praying for me. I'm praying for my cause. I'm praying that everything's going to work out for me. It's easy to make it that way. It's easy to make our interest the most important reason why we're living, why we're praying, and what we're trusting. And so taking a moment in preaching to focus again on what we might consider in Christianity a most basic elementary teaching, though it's so profound, it's it's hardly that. But to take a moment in preaching to focus again on, on the Trinitarian articles of faith doctrinally can be a blessing for us so that our focus is where it might be practically. Where it ought to be. As with our passage of prayer, our focus is to be on God. God the Father in His creation, God the Son in our deliverance, God the Spirit in His sanctification. And when we focus there, we remember that without their gifts, without God's gifts as mentioned, we have nothing physically or spiritually. Without God the Father, we would not be creatures. We wouldn't live and move and have our being. We don't arise from prehistoric, primordial, uh, primordial ex accidental slime so that we measure then our, our, our reason for existence and our reason for living accordingly that way. We arise as image bearers of God and we therefore are called to acknowledge humbly Praise worthily to God that we wouldn't live, move, or have our being without Him. Of course, our passage reminds us also that not only is God the Father our Creator, but He's the reason also in His heavenly fatherly way in Jesus Christ why we have a name within the family of faith. The Apostle Paul speaks of the unity that people have in our passage, not first of all in the fact that they've all been created, but that Jew and Gentile alike are part of the family of faith because of the common Father that they have through faith in Jesus Christ, by the gracious love of the Father who sends His love, who sends His Son, and who sends His Spirit into our lives. And it's also this very God to which we are to pray so that we will continue to grow in faith and practice growing closer to Him in Christ by His Spirit. This, this prayer of the Apostle Paul is not that we will grow successful or wealthy or even physically strong. Now, now God may bring those things in our lives, and, and we had better remember to thank Him for those physical gifts also, and we certainly may pray for our physical and financial needs. Give us this day our daily bread. We know that, but but the focus in this prayer is not 
on what we will get physically, but rather upon the God who is able to supply us with more than we can ask or imagine. Now, now thinking that that is an excuse then to ask for the moon so we can simply enjoy life misses the point as to the reason that Paul is praying. The reason that Paul, that Paul is praying is so that this great God would work mightily in our hearts so that our focus in life would be founded more, on, more and more on the praising of God, the serving of God, the trusting of God, and to do it with a grateful spirit. And so that's how the prayer starts. It starts with such a supplement, a suppliant prayer to God the Father that as they're about to as, as as you're about to anticipate all the callings that the Christian life brings, that God would help us in, in carrying that out because He's the one that can do it. And then it moves to the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of Christ, which is a love that surpasses knowledge. We must never grow tired of the love of God the Son. And his deliverance. Because, because we can't plumb the depths of the love that he showed for us. Now we can gain a sufficient knowledge of that so that we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. <laughs> but we'll never gain an exhaustive knowledge of that love. And it is an appreciation of that measureless love in prayer that is to spur our hearts along onto a greater service toward God as, as we find it fleshed out for us in the next few chapters. Here again, proper focus is needed on God the Son. You know, I was just thinking, and this just came to my mind here, but I, I was thinking when I was going through, I was in Chicago and I was going by a couple of schools. They were just, it doesn't matter what schools they were, high schools. And they were talking, they had signs up and they were talking about how there's, we need to be kind. We need to do our best. We need to be considerate. Why? You know, if you have a focus on the height and the width and the length and the depth and the love of Christ, love of, of the Son that surpasses knowledge, now you know why. You need a proper focus on God the Son. God the Son incarnate, who saved, who intercedes, who loves like no other, who reigns, who will return. That Son. That's the one we're to profess, whose we are, whom we serve. And when the focus is there on the Son as we pray, well, then as we ask for 
for help and professing him and living gratefully for him. That's the spirit in which you do it. We also need the right kind of focus on the spirit of God as, as well. Here again, the spirit can be so misunderstood. In modern times, the spirit is viewed as the one that's going to speak against his own word. We're spirit-led today. We don't, you know, I know what the word says, but, but the spirit is telling me this. No, he's not. He, he's the spirit that will speak to us like he spoke to the apostles long ago. No, he won't. He's the spirit that's all about driving us out of control in charismatic ecstasy. No, he isn't. But what the Apostle Paul prays will happen is, is what we will know the spirits, is that we will know the spirits work in our inner man for a purpose. And what's that purpose? It's the purpose of being more what the Lord wants us to be in light of his gospel to us. That's what it is. It's being more godlike. It's being reflections of the triune God. It's, it's so that the triune God would receive all the more glory in our lives for all that he's done for us, because that's the bottom line. That's the end of the word here in our passage. To him be the glory. Just like we need a creator and a deliverer, we need the spirit in order for our lives to be cleansed all the more. Because without him, we won't be a better parent, a better spouse, a better worker, a better church member, a person who will speak more truthfully, more encouragingly. With him, our giving and our praise is given more freely, less compulsively, less phony, in a less phony way, in a more sincere way. We take every opportunity to praise him with his spirit at work. The psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, that's partly what's going to be talked about later in Ephesians. Apart from the Spirit, we'd never profess Christ. And, and without Him, we, we'd never be able to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, considering the length, the height, the depth, and the width of His law. The apostles' prayers for the Spirit are to pray that He would help us focus on God, the God in three persons for life, and we ought to pray in that same way. So the focus is on God in three persons because whether it's to hear uh, or, or whether it's the focus is on, I should say the focus is on God in three persons and we hear about this as God reveals himself in his word. We cannot fully understand how God can be three and yet one. For that reason, people scoff at God as unworthy of trust and focus, just like they would consider the, the makeup of Christ Jesus as truly man and truly God as foolishness. Cross is foolishness. Resurrection is foolishness. It's all irrational. All the great acts of God never happen. People want to box their God in because they don't want a God for some reason who can do more than all that they could ask or think. And they don't want a God that's bigger than they are because they don't want to have to give their God the glory that they want to give to themselves. And they don't want a God that's bigger than they are because they don't want to want the focus of life and of prayer and of praise and of trust to be on anyone but themselves. That's the reality of it. 
They really don't want to have a God at all except the God of their own making, a God they can manipulate, a God that's small enough for them to judge and boss around and fix to their own liking. They want a false Trinitarian God of me, myself, and I. And yet if we want answers and foundations about how we are to believe and how it is that we are to live, regardless of the circumstance, we need to go to the Bible. We need to go to the Bible. People want to rely on their experience and the majority and what they feel like and the traditions that they know and the experts that, that speak and the times in which they live and what feels right for them. And yet those resources aren't reliable. They change with every passing fancy and every passing moment. Better we are when we rely on what God has revealed in his word because that's where we find gospel. That's where we find good news for salvation. It shouldn't be surprising that in the very place where we find the Trinitarian God, that it is there that we find the good news for salvation. Some people think it's ridiculous to believe in either. And they marvel when followers of Christ focus on the Trinitarian God for time and for eternity and for all aspects of their lives. The marvel, though, is not to believe, it shouldn't be in the fact that people believe in a triune God. The marvel is when we don't. Because anything less than a focus on such a God leaves life lacking for us whether we want to admit it or not, because when the focus is anywhere else, when it's anywhere else, life loses its hope, its motivation, its order, its identity, it loses reason for living, and it's marvel for it. Because it's not focused on the God who can do exceedingly more than all that we can ask or imagine so revealed in his word. Your life loses its marvel when it loses sight of that God revealed in his word. God in three persons, the blessed Trinity is the reason they're saving grace. He's the reason that we pray, to whom we pray, the reason we praise, the reason that we're called to live, the reason there is to profess someone greater than ourselves. And God reveals all of that to us in his word. And that word shows us where our focus ought to be in life. And it's my prayer that that's where your focus is today. In what you believe. In your prayer life and in your practice. It's in the God who is in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The God who marvelously can do exceedingly more than all you can ask or imagine. When you know that God, you've got good news for your life. Amen. Let's take a moment to respond in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the marvel that we find in you and your Son and your Spirit, who you are, the one God in three persons, and what you do that only you can do. And it reminds us, as does the Apostle Paul, who reminds us 
about gospel in this Trinitarian God that we have in you and your Son and Spirit, this one who can do exceedingly more than all that we can ask or imagine. And that's where our focus needs to be. On your grace that has accomplished that, your creating power, your deliverance in Christ, and your sanctifying ability, power through your spirit, so that not only would we praise you with our hearts for the marvels that you have done and promised, but also we might live lives worthy of the gospel in the only way that we can, through faith, by your Spirit's blessing in the direction of your word. But Lord, when we have our focus where you've called us to have your focus, whether it is in what we profess, whether it is in our praying, whether it is in our everyday practice, then, Father, we know not only the power of God, but we know the power of God in our lives. And that's a great way to live. May we live that way each day. Live life to the full the only way we can through the God who makes it happen for his people. May we take joy in you always. Along with the Son and Spirit, the one only God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So 318 is going to be our...